Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast. The Blues Boys, we are buzzing. We are back on the mics following a massive game week 35. Lots of intrigue and better for both of us, Brian. There were a lot of points in the FPL game for both of our teams. Good to be back. Bucks, I am buzzing. Feeling good. Feeling like a couple drinks in a happy hour. Had a massive score this week. You and I are in huge Green arrows, all thanks to our Tottenham Spurs love affair. Once again, Mr. Sonny Boy, he comes through with the goods. And uh, man, it was a great game week for us to really climb the ranks. For sure. And Youngman Sung did massive work for our teams in the FPL game, but also for Spurs as they keep the chase for a top four finish alive. There is all to play for as we head into double game week 36. Uh, just in case you're not so tight or not following so closely game week 36 is going to be tied for the largest double game week of the FPL season. There are 10 teams set to have two matches in the span of one game week, which means that there's going to be a lot of midweek football, but also, and more importantly for FPL, there's expectations of absolutely massive bonkers, berserk score lines coming out of game week 36 Without further ado, let's recap how we did in game week 35 so we can dedicate the most time on this episode to talking about what's to come in the double game week. Sound good? Bucks, you sound great. You sound like you're fully recovered from your little uh, riddling of the COVID, of the Rona, and now you got your energy back. I'm really vibing here with this uh, this entry to start the pod. So we're so jacked for double game week 26. This is the largest double but it has the best teams, right? So I cannot wait to get into it. But first, I'll break down my top score. I did beat you this week, Bucks, by a single point. I netted 72 points, and I had a 44% overall green arrow. I moved from 21K OR to 12K, and I firmly have my sights set on the top 10K now. So my team was paced with 38-point captaincy hall from an unbelievable sun performance. Both of his goals taken with his left foot, the curler. Oh, that was a thing of genius. And he's predominantly a right footed player. So great to see him firing on all cylinders elsewhere on the squad. I got clean sheets from Cancelo and Laporte. And then also Matip. I had TAA, unfortunately get moved to the bench, but I had another clean sheet from Matty Cash, who is my transfer in for Rudiger. And that was actually a five point difference for me as well. So immediate returns in a big way. So really uh, successful, you know, transfer that week, setting myself up for double game week 37 with cash as well. And uh, then I had four points from Saka and then a bunch of other one pointers, including a one pointer from Salah. So this again was a huge variance week for you and I to both own son to captain son and then to have. Sala be you know rested, rotated, and only come in with one point. So high as can be, Bucks. Feeling feeling good and top 10k is definitely um, my my personal best is uh in sight. So looking forward to the run in here. Brian, close the windows, whatever's in your water, go get a different one because uh, it seems like the California vibes are are making too much of an appearance on this podcast. You're buzzing, you're super high. I'm wondering what's gonna happen around <laughs> the 30 minute mark. Uh, we're just getting started here. But uh, yeah, like you, I also captained Young Min Sung. I had 75 points with a minus four hit. So I land on 71 all out. Uh, for me, massive, massive green arrow. Over 40,000 spots I climbed in the rankings. Uh, so I'm now well within the top 100K. Well done, well done. So feeling really good about that. Sung, like you mentioned, he had a brace. He had an assist. He came off before Spurs actually blew the clean sheet. So he gets those extra points. All points make a difference in this game. And he had three yep, bonus. Yep. And uh, worth mentioning, he has the most non-penalty goals since 2020. So he's been an absolutely dominant and consistent player in real life and in the FPL game. So incredible. He's now really has a chance at getting the golden boot. He's three behind Mo Salah with four games to play. So uh, it's all left to play for, for Spurs, for Sun. And, uh, you know, he, Mo Salah and Ronaldo, who's currently in third place in the golden boot race, they all want to be firing and putting in massive amounts of goals between now and the end of the season. So worth punting on them for FPL purposes. Further on my team, 
Again, 38 points from Youngman's son. I had Ollie Watkins, who's the newest addition to my team. I brought him in for Ian Acho. He ends up on nine points, grabbing a goal, looking really strong. Uh, Andy Robertson and Martinelli each add uh, six. And Cancelo adds five. Saka closes it out with four. Uh, really, the only misstep for me this game week was I brought in Gaita as a goalkeeper swap for a minus four. And unfortunately, Dubrovka, who gets relegated to my bench against Liverpool, uh, absolutely looked spectacular. He had a ton of saves and had seven points total. So uh, frustrating to be down five points, uh, nine points total, if you consider that I wasted four on the transfer. So yeah, that one stung me as well, Bucks. I had him on my bench. You know, you don't want to start a keeper versus Liverpool, but uh, Newcastle did a really good job and was they were very you know tight at the back and Dubrovka made a ton of saves, got bonus. So seven points on the bench was tough. And then I don't know what's up with you in late season goalkeeper transfers. You love taking the hits to bring in. I think last year brought in Melier, this year brought in Gaita. So hopefully he'll repay you in game week 37 when he doubles. But for now, Hey, 71, 72 points. We're flying. So let's uh, let's keep it moving. Let's talk about somebody who beat both of us. And the manager of the game week goes to none other than Michael Smith. Michael Smith, you can't touch this. He had a massive 80 points and uh, really impressive. He was almost within the top 100K uh, overall for this game week, which is a massive accomplishment. That means you are, you know, top. 3% of all players in the game. Uh, if you can finish top 100K out of the almost 9 million uh, people who started playing this FPL season. Uh, notable for him, he also was on Youngman Sung captain for 38 points. He had Kulisevsky with eight, Kane with six, Jared Bowen with six, Van Dyke with six, Matty Cash with six, uh, James Ward-Prowse with five, and yeah, that's just a really complete squad in an otherwise uh, kind of unpredictable game week. You know, we saw Salah get rested. Kevin De Bruyne got rested. So just really landing on Sun as the captain was the difference between a massive game week and uh, a dud. So fortunately for both of us and for Michael Smith, we all had very healthy green arrows and nice score lines coming out of game week 35. Yeah, very impressive. I think this game week, just a few other talking points, Bucks, we basically saw those people get rested. Those were very tough situations. I think a lot of people are looking to bring in KDB for that Leeds match. And unfortunately, he gets the full rest. Just want to highlight Chelsea quick in game week 35. This was a bit of a dis disappointment. Everybody who had brought them in for their double game week were disappointed. And then on top of that, Werner, Havertz, James, Alonzo, they all start and they all get one or two points. Everton frustrated the hell out of our Chelsea team and the form is a bit off now. So managers have some big decisions on how to figure out which double game weekers they keep or bring in for potential uh, movement with the Chelsea assets. Yeah, just one quick thing on that. I mean, Havertz really was the man out of form in this match. He must have missed three uh, really golden chances. And I thought both Reese James and Marcus Alonso put in great shifts. They were w winging balls in. They were had a lot of great uh incisive balls into the box and you know Chelsea just returned to kind of uh, stumbling form where they're not able to be clinical and put the ball in the back of the net credit to Jordan Pickford to Yerry Mina for really being trolls and uh, playing the shithousery game to excellent effect wasting time and you know maximizing the uh, time on the ground and the rolling around from fouls but uh, <laughs> just real credit to um you know, Everton and their crowd, because I feel like that was the difference. Their crowd really pushed them to get that result. And it could be huge points in the uh, tie as we go into the end of the season, getting those full three points against a top four side. Uh, that could be the difference between relegation and survival. So massive for them. Yeah, it was a it was a huge result. I think you and I both owned Mason Mount and he had a shot that hit off of one post and went directly and hit the other post and then get scooped out of there. And then Pickford make, makes a great save off the, the kickback there. So it was Pickford's day. He spent a lot of time hyping up the crowd and, you know, credit to uh, Frank for beating his, uh, his old stomping grounds and uh, the Chelsea blues. 
I feel like that was a consolation uh, result. No, I'm just kidding. We Chelsea definitely <laughs> wanted the points and we're and we're fully going for it. But it, it was a great result for Lampard and the Everton team. Uh, they needed it for sure. Um, also worth mentioning, you know, we should just double click on Cristiano Ronaldo. The guy is 37 and is just doing everything. He's scoring goals. He's motivating the team. He's giving the halftime talk for United. It's just really impressive the shift that he's putting in. He's dominant when they play at Old Trafford for sure. And he's third place in the Golden Boot race. He has 18 goals now on the season. So uh, real golf clap for him. And he's just a total legend. I mean, we see other guys in his age range, like Messi, like Neymar. They're having really disappointing seasons. Whereas, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, old reliable, he's continuing to get results, to score goals. And he's now in first place and leading in pretty much every single goal scoring category in every single competition. So absolutely massive performance from Ronaldo. It's not been a good season for United, but he has been one bright spot for them. Yeah, that was an interesting performance from United because Brentford had been in relatively good form. Bruno and Ronaldo get it done, and they looked very optimistic moving forward in that game. So utter domination for them. And uh, things you hate to see, right, Bucks, when your team looks like crap and you have to spend the rest of your weekend thinking about how bad Chelsea looked versus Everton, and then you see Manchester United fans uh, gloat about their Ronaldo goals and their three total goals in a shutout victory. So that one is a little hard to stomach for us on a personal level, but uh, well done from Ronaldo. And he's you know at the top of the forwards for points in FPL. Yeah, we won't be complaining too much when we have Champions League football next season and they're uh, in the Europa Conference League. But uh, that's neither Boom. here nor there. Roasted. Let's, Roasted let's get bus. to our first break. When we come back, we're going to spend as much time as humanly possible looking and diving deep into Double Game Week 36. Let's go. Welcome back to the FPL Blues Podcast. I have three words to say. Let's fucking go. We have Double Game Week 36. We are excited to break it down. Both of us are on free hits, so we're going to spend a lot of time breaking down some of our top picks in the uh, each position on the team selection sheet, and then also kind of talk about some of the, the chip usage coming up. People still have triple captaincy chips. We're going to talk about who our captains are going to be and really kind of organize our thoughts on top transfers, even if you don't have any chips, because this is going to be the biggest double game week. There's a good chance that some teams get over 200 points, which would be absolutely crazy. And we're seeing a lot of the teams with a lot to play for, such as the title still being up for um, up for debate and then also the relegation battle. So teams should be uh, fully motivated and we're going to talk about each of those coming up. So let's get into it. There are 10 teams that have double game weeks. Those include the teams at the top, as Brian mentioned, Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal and Spurs. So all the top five teams gunning for top Ooh. four finish each have a double game week. Some more appealing than others. We'll dive into that. Uh, the other five teams are Wolves, Leicester, Aston Villa, Leeds, Everton, Watford, and Norwich. Excuse me. We actually have 11 teams on double gaming. My brain literally was exploding in my head as I was going through counting out those 11. I was like, oh, that's more than 10. Awesome. So another special, another special episode of Bucks Counts on the pod in a live fashion. Thanks for that, Bucks. For sure. So, you know, we mentioned there are 11 teams with double game weeks. And what that means is that it's going to be hard to find yourself in a position where you don't have at least eight double game week players. And often a lot of the FPL managers in the top 10K, which Brian is fighting to get into, are going to be using some form of chip, whether it's the triple captain power up, a bench boost or free hit like Brian and myself are both on. So this is going to be a game week with probably a lot of similar team structures for those using chips and massive score lines, no matter what chip you're betting on. So I think this is an excellent opportunity to go for a bench boost. If you still have it and you have the ability to set your team up, obviously we both only have free hits remaining. So there are only three game weeks left. So you got to use it or lose it. So we're choosing to <laughs> use it in this massive uh, pursuit of points, which is going to be double game week 36. Yeah, Bucks, I actually did some more counting while you were 
on your diatribe there. And there's actually 12 teams. So let's, we finally got it right. We got 12 teams doubling this week. And so it's going to be a huge one. I think if you have the bench boost chip available, taking anything up to like a minus eight is completely realistic. And you should do that to optimize your bench as much as possible. There's some great cheap enable enablers that are out there. Think of like your Gordon on Everton. Think of Niketia at 5.5 million on Arsenal. There are lots of cheap players that you can bring into your team to really shore up your, your bench boost. You don't want to have your team littered with bad assets that are going to play the top team. So definitely look at taking a couple hits this week. I think looking at just the overall population, you know, we're on free hit. So we're, we're not probably, we're probably not going to have as many points as those who are bench boosting. However, a lot of people are taking hits to sort their bench boosts out. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. When I was looking at the FPL live.net site, 40% of the top 10 K still has their bench boost. So it's going to be a huge changing of the guard in the top 10 K that I'm trying to fight into. So I'm hoping that they'll be taking some hits and then my free hit team, I'll pick the top players that they can't get to, to help kind of navigate that. So it's going to be wild in terms of the swings in the ranking in the top 10 K top 50 K top hundred K, which I know bucks you are firmly in now. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to dive a little deeper into what you're talking about, Brian, the reason why this is such an important game week is because the teams that have a lot to play for each have double game weeks. And again, some of them are really appealing matchups. So Liverpool city, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs, they all need to get three points pretty much in every game that they're in from here till the end of this season to guarantee a top four finish or to guarantee the league title. And so even though Teams like Liverpool and City just played Champions League and Liverpool and Chelsea both have FA Cup matches to prepare for. They need to be putting out a very competent and competitive starting 11 for each of these games. So even though Chelsea, for example, they play Wolves and Leeds, which is otherwise a very delicious and appetizing double game week. We know that the Leeds match, the second match they play is only three days before the FA Cup final against Liverpool. So. Chelsea probably want to win a trophy, get some silverware to reward them for an otherwise good season rather than, you know, putting the strongest possible team against a relegation uh, battle leads team. So again, there's, there's balancing acts that are going to have to be played and that's really going to come down to what makes a free hit team better than a bench boost team, better than a triple captain team. So you got to get those selections right. And that's like reading Pep's mind, reading Klopp's mind, Tuchel. I mean, there's so much to be uh, reading and navigating and potentially, you know, you're voting on who you believe is the best asset based on your selection. If you're on wildcard or on free hit this game week. And at the other end of the table, there's a lot of teams fighting in relegation to avoid going down. So Leeds, Burnley and Everton, and you can find some great cheap assets from all those teams to round out your team and attack a bench boost. Uh, you know, we didn't mention Watford or Norwich. Those teams have already been relegated, but they also have some cheap players and, you know, they want to play spoiler. They're out of the Premier League for certain, but if they can nick some points off a West Ham or off a Burnley or an Everton, they're going to have a massive role to play in the last couple of game weeks of the season. What are you seeing, Brian? So Bucks, let's set the stage for our free hit teams and let's talk about what happened in the semifinals of the Champions League, specifically looking at Liverpool and Manchester City as we're definitely going to want to be tripled up on their assets. So break down the Liverpool victory versus Villarreal for our listeners and then how that affects, in your opinion, the team selection for the upcoming double game week. Sure. Great question. Uh, so it's worth mentioning that Mo Salah was rested against Newcastle, as was Trent Alexander-Arnold. So that's important to know that they were able to get some of their main creative tacticians, creative players rest going into the second leg of the Champions League. They didn't realize how much they were going to need it because Villarreal really pushed them for everything that they had. Uh, so that in the end, the only players who really were able to be rotated were Jota, and Luis Diaz, and then Rabo and TAA both came off for like very short spells at the very end of the game uh, after the 80th minute. So not really getting major rest. What that means is going into double game week 36, 
I would say it's fair to assume that there's a question mark about whether Andy Robertson will get two starts uh, in their double game week. And that's worth saying because he actually has some quality young coverage in Simikas, who had uh, some cameo performances earlier in the season where he really looked like he was worth his medal and definitely a bargain in the FPL game at 3.7 million. He's the cheapest player in the entire FPL game at this point in time. What did you think coming out of that, Brian? So in the last match, Robbo was actually due a rest. And Klopp said afterwards, he would have loved to rest both Robbo and TAA for that match, but decided to just rest one of them. And that was TAA. So this week, I am a little bit concerned that after playing some heavy Champions League minutes that Rabo will be rested in that second match versus Villa. And like you said, Simikas is a talented player, could easily step in for a single match. So we'll see how that plays out, but I will likely be skipping Rabo on my free hit, which we'll get into later. Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning that Liverpool definitely had the easier contest in the Champions League. Uh, however, they do have more tournaments and more matches yet to play. They do have the FA Cup final. And since they advanced to the Champions League final, they have an opportunity. It's not a lock by any means, as there's good teams that they'll need to beat to win these trophies. But they have a chance to accomplish something no Premier League team has ever done, which is the quadruple. They've already won the Carabao Cup, the League Cup, and they're in the FA Cup final. They're now in the Champions League final, and they're one point off the pace uh, against City to win the Premier League points total for a season long of domination. So uh, massive. And I think it's fair to assume that Klopp is going to figure out a way to give some guys some rest as they really need to be up for this FA Cup and the season running. So giving them a little blow against maybe Aston Villa as they look ahead to put the best top 11, their preferred starting lineup on the field against Chelsea in the FA Cup final. I think that's going to be a pretty obvious and easy move for Klopp to make. Now that we've talked about Liverpool, let's look at the other team that's coming out of the Champions League matchups, and that's Man City, who also have it all to play for. Brian, what's your takeaway from the City result today? Yeah, so Man City lose in brutal fashion. It was a miracle that the great escape that Real Madrid pulled off at home in front of their crowd, they were down three to five on aggregate in the 89th minute, and they come back. Rodrigo comes off the bench, 21-year-old kid. He gets a brace in the 90th and like 93rd minute. Truly incredible. They pounced on the first goal and then had a glancing header in the second goal and sent it to extra time. And then Kareem Benzema gets a PK and coolly slots it in the back of the net and they go on to advance. So this was an interesting one because I know Bucks, we were chatting throughout the game and KDB went off in the 70th minute when City were still looking to advance. And so we were trying to read into that. He looked a little bit tired uh, of coming from a pretty tough game. It was pretty chippy at the beginning. But now that they're out, you know, they're once again, two years in a row, they've reached the semis in the final of UCL. They have no championship to take home, no title. So they're going to have to shift their focus and their mentality on to the Premier League, where they're up by a single point and a triple up still looks very enticing. I want to note that Jesus started this game and he was subbed off before uh, the end of regulation. And then also Cancelo and Foden played the full 120 minutes. So a very interesting game. I think from a pure watch, it was sensational. It was a, a topic that everybody was buzzing about and was trying to uh, chat up their friends and figure out what the F was going on since the game was so chaotic. But uh, Bucks, what do you think here as we head into our free hits? Well, just want to mention that it's a shame that Chelsea weren't in this matchup, but holy cow, Real Madrid-Man City was a dream contest. Over the two legs, both matches were massively exciting. Their fingernail biting and edge-of-your-seat contests. And this game was looking like it was going to be pretty plain and simple. You know, City were looking like they were parking the bus. They were playing very cautiously. Then they get the goal, so they're now up two goals on aggregate at the Bernabeu. And you know what? All of a sudden, magic just striked once again for Real Madrid. They get two quick goals from their 21-year-old starlet, Rodrigo. And then Benzema, old faithful, comes in 
gets the go-ahead, gets the winner, and Real Madrid are now advancing, and City crash out of the UCL. Now, for FPL, you know, Brian, you mentioned, but Foden, Cancelo, Laporte, Diaz, Ederson, all got the full 120 minutes, which is a disaster if you're looking to plan and figure out exactly what Pep Roulette is going to land on for this double game week in 36. Now, what I think we know based on the KDB rotation is that he will probably start both games of their double game week. I think every single other player outside of Ederson, I think those are the only two players that I'm pretty certain are going to start both matches. I'm doubtful on Laporte because Diaz is now healthy. And even though Stones didn't look great and doesn't look like he's fully fit, you know, they have Ake, they have other guys that can come in and play that same spot. And for Cancelo, you know, Zinchenko, he played in this match, as did Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker gets rotated, but I think Zinchenko actually looked really good. So I wonder if Pep doesn't take an opportunity, maybe against Newcastle, to rotate Cancelo. So he plays Walker and Zinchenko, uh, kind of the second choice wing back. So I think no one is safe. And that's making me very nervous as we look at city assets. And, you know, I want to definitely be on triple Liverpool and triple city. But now, based on the Champions League results. I have some doubts on who the best three players from each team is. So uh, I know we both selected our kind of first go of a free hit. Brian, who are the three players from each of these teams that you are currently landed on uh, in your free hit team? Yeah, so I'm still pretty bullish on their defense. I think that we actually saw Kyle Walker. He went off with an injury. And so the fact that Cancelo can play left or right Fullback really helps his appeal in terms of playing more minutes. Today is Wednesday. They're going to have Thursday, Friday, and then play on Saturday. So again, it's going to be hard for us to nail this down. We'll have to pay attention to the pressers as well. But you know, when I look at City, I'm still likely doubled up on their defense with Laporte and Cancelo just because they have been playing the most minutes and are less subject to rotation. And these are pretty good fixtures. They're playing Newcastle and Wolves. easily clean both of those games. Um, So I I do like those guys, but you're really trying to decide between Foden and KDB on free hit. I think those are the big price points at which you're going to swing a lot of your team on. I'm going to have KDB because this is, you know, one of the first times this season that I'll be able to own him and being on free hit, he'll be a differential compared to the rest of the managers at my rank tier. And so that's, that's kind of where I'm leading at. Jesus was on my radar, but him, being in really good form, he's played his way into the squad, but now you just you just don't know if he's going to be rotated once again. So those are the players that were on my radar. What are you thinking yeah. here, Bucks? Plus worth mentioning, Jesus is going to be out of contract at the end of the season. He's likely moving on. So it'd be interesting, you know, now that they need to win all the results and be kind of merciful merciless as they go into each of these matches to win the league. If Pep relies on someone who might be one foot out the door in Gabriel Jesus. Uh, For me, actually, I also have KDB. I'm looking to go massive in my midfield on my free hit team. Ooh, I like that. The real thing that I am now debating, uh, having watched Laporte in this Champions League and play the 120 minutes just now, I wonder if I might be subbing out a player like Laporte and bring in a guy like Ederson swapping a little bit of clean sheet uh, and minute certainty for a player who might get bonus or might nick a headed goal in and Laporte. So it's, it's really a bet against upside, but you know, I think like you mentioned, I think both these matches are likely city clean sheets. So I want to get all 12 of those points, if at all possible from any defender that I'm selecting. I'm also tempted always by Mares, but you have no idea if he's actually going to play, he could play one match and still get you 15 points because that's the type of player he is, but you want to have more certainty on his minutes. So yeah, definitely some great options. I think for those people who aren't on free hit, your, your easiest route into the team is going to be Foden or probably Laporte just in terms of your price points. And maybe you have Chelsea assets. You're looking to move to city assets. It's going to be a bit of a gamble, but those are pretty sound moves overall. And you will just have to pay attention to pressers to see if Foden is going to be able to recover quickly because I thought he looked very, very good today, even in the loss. And and so you're going to be on Cancelo, Laporte, and KDB from City. Who Who's your triple up on Liverpool? Yeah, Liverpool is very interesting. Um, at the moment in my team, I have the three Liverpool players that I had before my free hit. 
and that is Sala, Matip, and TAA. I think that this is a good opportunity to swerve Rabo because he is due a rest. Uh, and that rest might be, you know, maybe he only plays 60 minutes and he starts the match. It, it's hard to say, but I, I think that, as we said before, he's kind of due his rotation. And we saw TAA fully get rested in the previous match. So I don't think Klopp's afraid to do that with a player like Simikas behind him. Um, but based on what we've seen lately, and especially in Champions League, you know, Luis Diaz looks truly electrifying and he's a player that could be a differential. We saw him come in at halftime for Jota in Champions League because they were down 2-0. Jota looked very shaky. And now I kind of wonder if the Premier League run in the front three for Liverpool and for Klopp is going to be Luis Diaz on the left, Mane through the middle and Sal on the right. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Bucks, in terms of the upside of uh, Luis Diaz instead of going with a double up in the defense? Yeah, perfect transition. It's almost like we've been doing this for almost 50 episodes now, Brian. Uh, I <laughs> I have my bus team uh, going into this free hit. I had Sala, TA, and Rabo. And Rabo has been the standout uh, almost since game week 20 of the three of them, which is a shock because he's probably the uh, least well uh, regarded of the Liverpool uh, kind of heavy hitters. However, on this double game week, I'm going to be free hitting right now. I have Luis Diaz in my side. I'm going to go Sala, Luis Diaz and TAA uh, to kind of uh, make a little bit of a punt. He's owned by less than 10% of the FPL game. And I just need to be bold at this point in the season at my rank. So I think Robertson is more a sure thing, but Luis Diaz is taking so many shots. He has the second most shots behind Mo Salah since he came into the Liverpool team. That's a fun little uh, factoid right there. So when he gets the ball, like that FPL nugget bucks, he's dribbling and he's putting the ball on the net. And, you know, Jota can be a selfish player at times, but Luis Diaz is, has the speed to boost. So I just think that he's going to be a nightmare for Spurs and Villa to deal with in the Liverpool double game week. So uh, again, Brian, you're on Matip, TAA and Salah right now. I'm on Luis Diaz. Sala and TAA. So that's kind of an overview of how certain teams are going to line up different to attack this double game week, as an example. And you mentioned Simikas. I think he's a no brainer if you have your bench boost to move a player like him into the team. It saves you a bunch of funds for this game week. And you know really? that I, I think so. He's so cheap. And then you can just forget about him for the rest of the season. I mean, certain uh, players. I, I completely disagree. I no, completely I think disagree. You want to have. You want to max out your, your, your point potential. If he only plays one match, you know, you could have two bites at the apple someplace else. And then you're blocked out of your third, um, your third asset for, well, I think the reality is if you don't have a chip, it's going to be very hard to fit in, uh, you know, just in one game weeks planning a guy like TA or Rabo. So if you can't get all the way there, I think I'd rather have Simikas and the flexibility to maximize the remaining points in the starting 11. You'd only really be playing Simikas on a bench boost. So that's why I think it's an interesting uh, kind of differential punt. And I think Liverpool, if he starts, he's going to get points. So that's, that's the thinking behind uh, the Simikas punt. Um, All right. We've spent a lot of time on Liverpool and city. Let's talk about our free hits and some of the kind of key things that we are considering as we dive into setting the best possible 11 uh, for double game week 36. And let's start in goal. Uh, That's the least exciting, but also a very important discussion. Uh, I already brought up Ederson. I've heard some people going big at the back with Mendy, since a lot of the Chelsea uh, players might be rotated in advance of the FA Cup. Who are some other guys that you have on your watch list or in your double game week free hit team, Brian? Yeah, I think once again, I always want to spend as little money as possible in goalie. Um, I think it's a position that, you know, you can get some upside in if you have a keeper that keeps cleans and get saves. But when we look at Allison and Ederson and even Mendy, usually those goalkeepers aren't challenged very much from a shot perspective. And your upside is really like seven points. You know, maybe they get three saves and a clean. Um, So I'm just going to go cheap here. I'm between Pickford 
who's 4.8 million and under 5% owned, and then Schmeichel, who's 4.9 million and just under 20% owned. I'll probably lean towards Schmeichel as my as my keeper because they play Everton and then play Norwich. And so even if Everton score, uh, that clean sheet versus Norwich looks pretty set. You know, wanted to note that Leicester do play in Europa tomorrow on Thursday. So it'll be kind of a good indication of where their squad is at. If they get bombed out of Europa, this is the second leg, then there's a good chance that they, you know, play their strongest 11 for the first time for consecutive games in the Premier League to kind of end the season on a, on a high notes and get those younger top tier lads like a James Justin, likes a Wesley Fafana, more minutes and uh, more reps as the season ends. So I think I'm leaning towards Schmeichel. What about you, Bucks? I know you're between maybe Ederson and Schmeichel. Yeah, I think right now I'm, I'm debating between Ederson and Schmeichel, and it really just changes the way that I will line up, uh, as we'll discuss in a little bit when we jump to defenders. You know, the real debate is just uh, how do you fit City and Liverpool and maybe Chelsea uh, into a big at the back format while also having a, a lot of midfield uh Oomph and goal scoring upside. So uh, that's what my. What are we, what are we in the in the club bucks? We're in the goalkeeper club. We're fist bumping around here. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, if there's anyone with uh, neck tattoos who likes to rage, that would be a point for Ederson as uh, my starting goalkeeper. But uh, I'm not going to read too much <laughs> into that. Let's jump forward a little more exciting to the defense. And I know that I've been on big at the back for some time, and you've been a little differential in the way that you've set up your back line. Um, so, you know, we mentioned some of the guys that are locked in our team. How are you lining up? Are you going to be uh, going four, four, two, three, five, two, and then who are your starting uh, defenders for double game week 36 on your free hit? Yeah, so at the moment, I'm in a 4-4-2 formation. So I'm going to have two defenders from Liverpool and two defenders from Manchester City. So I right nice. now have Cancelo, Trent, Laporte, and Matip. Again, I think even if there is some rotation, there's just such a high likelihood that they get one clean. So if Laporte is very exhausted from this Champions League match, I'd also consider moving him to... Marcos Alonso, because of his attacking output, the rotation might happen versus Leeds in the second part of their double game week, but he's so involved from an attacking perspective and Chelsea need his creativity, whether it's scoring goals or putting in crosses from the left. So I really like Marcos Alonso as my potential uh, Laporte replacement in my free hit team. Yeah, very interesting. I'm taking a very similar approach right now. I'm thinking of going a 4-5-1 formation. So I'm going to punt on some of the more cheap players in attack and defense. So right now, um, if I don't have Ederson in goal, my back line will be TAA, Cancelo, Laporte, and Alonso. And right now I've landed on Schmeichel as my goalie. And I think we both have uh, Kelly as our kind of uh, forgotten fifth defender. Uh, he's locked in my very comfortably. He's making himself at home in my third bench spot uh, for the next few game weeks. All right. Now that we've covered the defenders in our free hit teams, let's transition to the midfield where we're looking to pack in some heavy hitters. I think with the free hit opportunity, it provides us key players like Sala, maybe KDB, maybe a Luis Diaz. What are we thinking here in the midfield after the past week of performances, Bucks? Yeah, so we discussed and teased uh, going massive in the middle, and that's what my free hit team is looking like at this point in time. I have Sala, KDB, and Hyung Min Sung all squeezed in to my side. I like that. Woo. And then I've gone a little punty with my fourth and fifth midfielder. I'm going to bring in Luis Diaz. He's going to be my big differential play. I really like that I'm getting the triple up on Liverpool. And even though I have Andy Robertson, who's a lock in my team for game week 37 and game week 38, you know, right now, I think he's set for rotation. So I'm just betting on the minutes and the amount of shots that Luis Diaz is putting on opposing goalkeepers. He actually leads the team in attempted shots behind one Mo Salah uh, since he joined the Liverpool side, which is a fun factoid. All right, Buck. So in terms of keeping Sun in your 
free hit squad. We're seeing a lot of people try to figure out if they should upgrade Sun to KDB for this double game week since Tottenham have harder fixtures um, in place. So what are your thoughts there on making sure that he's part of your squad given his recent form and huge upside? Yeah, so it's really just a bet on the style of play because I think we can all admit that the Spurs fixtures are not really that appealing. They play Liverpool and then they have the North London Derby against Arsenal. Two massive matches and they really are desperate for all six of those points. What that tells me is that, you know, both of those teams, Liverpool, Arsenal, are going to be going for it in that match. So there's going to be opportunities for counterattacking play. And that's where Young Min Sung really shines and shows his utter dominance on the ball with his finishing skills. Just recently in game week 35, how killer he can be with FPL halls and getting a brace and even just being involved in every facet of the Spurs attack. And I should mention, I forgot, uh, but Anthony Gordon is my fifth uh, on this free hit team. So I think Young Min Sung is a real pivot. Um, and I'm interested to hear your take, Brian, as you're far ahead of me in the table. But I think fitting in Young Min Sung, if you go without him, I'd want to have Kulu. Um, I want to have some Spurs cover if I'm going to be skipping Young Min Sung in my free hit or wild card draft. Yeah, I think when we look at Spurs and based on Harry Kane's, you know, deep lying position where he's going to be inbound player to get those midfield balls and then find a streaking son in a counterattacking way versus Liverpool and Arsenal, it makes sense to prioritize son who is consistently, you know, getting double digit hauls in these matches. So, and we're both leading son and I think that's obviously a testament to what he's done for us recently and where we think he can end up on points in this double game week. And also, you know, the Spurs lads are well rested. And I think that's going to be advantageous for them. Liverpool coming off a pretty hard Champions League contest against Villarreal, specifically that second leg, which just happened uh, this past Tuesday. They're rolling in. They got a big match against Spurs. Spurs have seven full days of rest, whereas Liverpool are coming off three and a half days of rest. So I think just betting on the fact that fresh legs uh, playing in the counterattack style. Uh, it's just a bet on upside for Sun, And we've seen how, how he could really just explode for double digit point totals. And I think this double game week, you just got to be chasing that upside, at least at my rank at almost a hundred thousand K overall, you know, I want to go for guys that can score big. If it punishes me, you know, Sun is a player that, you know, it's fair to say that maybe Saka could outscore Sun in this game week, but I think the bet is is that when Sun hauls, he he goes big. So that's really uh, the bet that I'm making in my team. Yeah, that makes sense. And then in your formation, are you going to be starting Anthony Gordon or is he your first bench? Gordon, baby, he's going to be a starter. Um, I really like that he's a lock for that third kind of forward position for Everton, and he's getting minutes and. Honestly, most matches that I watch with Everton, which thank God to my eyeballs and brain is not so many. <laughs> he's the best player on their team. He plays the hardest and he's, you know, Richarlison gets a lot of the flowers and, and plaudits for getting the penalty kick goals and finishing. But a lot of that doesn't happen with Anthony Gordon making those runs, putting in the shift. And so he's a really appealing young player and a great budget option for FPL for sure. Yeah, great budget option, 4.6. Can't complain there. He helps enable the rest of your team. So he's also on a lot of set pieces, some corners. So you never know if he might nick an easy assist. And he's also got the pace. You know, he's drawn a couple pens this season. And at his price, those uh, small three-pointers add up. So moving to my free hit midfield, I have a very similar midfield, but I also have Saka in, in there as well. So I have Gordon as my first bench. And then Saka, Sala, Sun, and De Bruyne, who I'm very excited to own this game week. So a big nice. midfield there. And when we transition to the forwards right now, I think the main difference for you and I is that in forwards, I have Inketia and then also Richarlison. So I will be starting Richarlison as my Everton attacker and differential, whereas you'll be focused on Gordon. Yeah, and really, I think it all comes down to the striker position. When I set up my free hit team, that was really the the turning point. When I look at the strikers, they have really not delivered uh, 
over the entirety of this season for FPL points. So what I see is that Niketia is a lock. He's earned the starting spot. He's young. He's really hardworking. And honestly, he's creating and getting a lot of great chances for this Arsenal team, this youth movement under Arteta. And at 5.5 million, he's only 5% owned in the FPL game. So he's going to be my out and out only striker, uh, when I'm setting up my free hit team, I'm going super cheap up front. So I'm going to go Niketia alongside two dead strikers at 4.5 million. That's allowing me to go big at the back and also massive in the midfield. So I like that flexibility. And I think Niketia probably, he's going to fall into at least a goal in this double game week. That's my prediction. And so I think that. All right. All right. And I think that really there's only a handful of other strikers that you could even consider if you're on free hit or wild card uh richarlison as you mentioned who's in your side for everton uh then ollie watkins for aston villa they also have a double game week followed by another double game week in 37 uh and he's recently returned to form and then kind of the other grouping i would say behind richarlison watkins and niketia is kane pookie Werner and Denis or some Watford striker. I would say outside of those seven players, I, I didn't even scroll past any of these guys. Once I saw uh, who they were playing against and what their price was, I mean, really just came down to deciding between these seven strikers for me. Yeah. Save your finger dexterity. There's no point in scrolling, looking at these very small point totals for the forwards. I'm really bullish on Richarlson this week. He has a great expected goal involvement over the last six matches, non-penalty of 0.61. So he is their main man. He's playing with a lot of force and a lot of attitude on the pitch. Now he's definitely prone to getting a yellow or two in both of these matches. So I can already see those minus ones being added to his score, but being on pens and just being a really a ruthless player for an Everton team who needs to stay up could really be a good differential this week. So I'm leaning towards him and in Ketia, I think Bucks, he, he offers Arsenal a little bit more pace up front, although he has not been clinical in his chances as of the last couple games. He does help stretch the field and gives them a different type of forward option compared to Lacazette. Now, I still think Lacazette could easily come into the squad. It's, it's a huge game in North London Derby, so we can easily see Lacazette start that match and Nketiah come on, but I'm still expecting at 5.5 million for him to offer good value and play about 120 plus minutes in this double game week, which is plenty to help enable the rest of my squad. Yeah, all fair. And Nketiah is very young. So that North London Derby is going to be a big stage for him to play on potentially. Uh, however, I just think that he's has more of a nose for goal than Lacazette does. He's he's more of a player who looks to put the ball on net and challenge the opposing defense himself rather than passing it off to his teammates. And I think it's just linking up better with Saka, with Odegaard, with Smith-Rowe and Martinelli. Uh, Niketia is just his hustle allows the entire Arsenal team to stay a little bit further up the pitch. So I love uh, the value, even though he doesn't have uh, penalty kicks that Richarlison does. Yeah, and looking at Nketiah, great stat from Squawka earlier this week. Just in the past match, Nketiah had four shots on target, which were more than all of the previous seven or eight matches that Lacazette had played. So he's offering goal threat that Lacazette simply has not been offering the Arsenal squad, and it's good value, so we'll stick there. All right, transitioning from here, Bucks, want to get your thoughts on a few of the other players that you might covet that aren't going to make your team. And obviously we have... And unlimited transfers. We're still going to be tinkering for the next couple of days, but wanted to get your thoughts. If there are any players that you think a can really punish you by not owning them and B, you know, just who else you like this week on a non-free hit to be a transfer in since there are double doubles in the next couple of matches. So we're thinking of Lester assets potentially and uh, Villa assets. So I wanted to get your 10 cents there. Yeah, great question. So for my team, the three players that I've earmarked that I would love to fit in, but I'm squeezed out for one reason or another. Uh, first and foremost, Andy Robertson. Uh, he's a player who's on my team and has been doing absolute magisterial work uh, since he's he came been doing in. the bits. 
yeah, on wildcard, he's definitely been my best selection. I went in early on him and he's really just performed and delivered for my FPL team. He's probably a single-handedly uh, cause for at least a 30,000 uh, spot rank jump uh, for me over the last five or so game weeks. So he's been huge and I'm nervous that if he gets two starts, he's going to punish me. Uh, second would be uh, Saka. I think that he's a player that I would love to have instead of Anthony Gordon, but it's just the funds are not there. Just, I can't make it work. And then third is, is probably Kulisevsky. Uh, again, I think that Spurs are going under the radar. It's going to be a counterattacking play style. Yes, they have difficult fixtures, but I think you've got to bet on the best teams and the best players with the most to play for. And I think Spurs is a team that, it's all up to them. Yes, they can be Spursy. Yes, they can uh, kind of fall asleep and not have any shots on goal for four straight halves. But they also are the team that's still leading in total goal scored in 2022. So we've seen them really haul and you know smash the the netting off the post. Uh, so I I think that those are the three for me that I'm uh, I'm nervous that are going to punish me. How about you, Brian? Yeah, I think you know, again differences in our teams i'm excited to have both Saka and richarlson maybe you know one of those players get a cheeky pen since they're both cheap assets on penalty kicks um elsewhere i think that depending on what happens in europa james madison you know we have schmeichel and goal because they have everton and norwich which are easy fixtures so hopefully if they get ousted from europa he's definitely in contention 6.97 million he's a big time player who has 16 point uh, potential in any given game week. So if they were to get removed from Europa, he could be nailed for a couple matches. So I really like that as a potential transfer shout. And he will also double again in 37. So for non-free hitters or wild carders, that's a great opportunity there. And then again, with the, the toughness with Villa, you know, they play Liverpool in one of these, but then they play Burnley. So if you're just looking for a transfer to set up your future team, I would actually prefer Ollie Watkins over Coutinho at the similar price range because we've seen Ollie Watkins much more involved up front, him um, getting the ball and getting the shots, whereas Coutinho has been non-existent uh, for a number of matches here. And uh, obviously he plays much better at home and these are away fixtures for Villa this game week. So those are a few players I would also be having an eye on, especially if you are looking to set yourself up for this double and the future double in 37. Yeah, one more player I just want to throw in. You know, you mentioned Coutinho. I'm surprised neither of us are kind of taking a punt on him. Um, but he's just his recent form has been so terrible. But a player that if you still have a bench boost and you're wild carding in this game week or trying to set up for bench boost that I for sure want to have is Jacob Ramsey. He's 4.8 million. Him and Gordon, I think, are the preferred cheap budget midfield options. So if you could burn you know, minus four or a minus eight to bring those two guys in to get two games a piece on your bench for a bench boost. I think that's money well spent, transfer hits well spent. I think they're going to pay back well more than uh, just a minus eight uh, between having those appearance points plus potential returns. And then just to have a little bit of uh, banter about some midfielders before we close this one out. So I think there are players who have the likes of Rafinha who has a double versus Arsenal and then doubles versus Chelsea, but we might see a lot of rotation in that Chelsea fixture before the FA cup. So he's a firm hold. And then I also think if you have the likes of Kai or Mason Mount, I would be more in line to just hold on to Mount. You know, he's been more involved from an attacking perspective and he, you know, nearly nabbed a goal this past weekend. But if you have Kai, I, I was worried about Kai's form. So if you have him, I would definitely be considering moving Kai to a Foden or a, a Diaz as your differential this week, as I think he's also probably due for a rest or rotation. So that, that would be my thoughts on some of those other popular uh, midfielders who do have double game weeks. Obviously, it's tough to move a current double game week player to another one and use your transfer. But the upside of Foden or Diaz versus Havertz, I think, is pretty high, uh, given that he played pretty poor and there's likely to be rotation in that second match. 
Foden, having just played 120 minutes of Champions League in the second leg against Madrid, probably no longer on my short watch list. But I can definitely understand a kind of sideways move uh, going from one differential in Kai to another differential in Luis Diaz or Diego Jota allows you to achieve much of the same. I'd probably downgrade if I was making that move. I'd go Kai to Saka and then see about upgrading a different position. Again, you get the penalties and the leads match uh, for Arsenal is is so appealing. So uh, there's a lot of great players right now. And because there are 12 teams with two matches, you know, the choices are, are so plentiful. That's what really makes it tough. You know, they're going to be trying to scrape each and every penny in your whole team budget to fit in the best possible uh, squad. And, you know, at this point there's, there's options galore. So it's easy to be a kid in a candy shop as an FPL manager in double game week 36, the real, uh, you know, difference between score lines is going to be who picks it right and who's using their chips to the best effect. All right, Bucks, we're going to close out this segment and then we'll come back for our captaincy decisions on free hit and then we'll get out of here we'll be right back all right we're back let's talk captain's armband brian this is a massive week for both of us we're on free hit we've fully shook up our team selection who is getting the armband for your side this week is definitely tough obviously i've been captaining the likes of sun and sala for many many game weeks And this week, I'm really leaning towards KDB as my differential captain. Again, when I look at other players around my overall rank, and since I am free hitting, this is more of my differential to keep up with the bench boosters or just take advantage of an informed player. Didn't look as great in the second leg versus Real Madrid, but came off early and only plays 70 minutes. So he's pretty much nailed to start the next two matches, having had a full rest previously as well so i think he's just the differential that um that i'll go with because other people will captain sala or captain sun this game week and i have both of those players so i i feel like my bigger um delta to hopefully spike some points would be kdb getting you know a goal or assist in both of those matches and he's so good that he instantly goes on a bonus as well so i think that's something that really catches my eye that his his floor whenever he does anything involved in a goal is, is very high. So at 10.5% ownership right now, that just seems like a lock for me. And I'm hoping to crack into the top 10 K with this move. What are your thoughts on the KDB captaincy? Well, I like it because I'm doing the same thing. I'm also on KDB captain and honestly, uh, my logic bucks, is bucks. We're, we're, we're like an old married couple. We have like a free hit team. That's like too much, maybe too much time 10 together. of the same players. We got, we got the same captain, but hey, that worked out well last week when we got 38 points from our boy son. So uh, happy to be a co-parent with you on the this, this week's captaincy too. All right, let's not get too far. We're just uh, parenting a podcast, not a, an actual real life human being. But, you know, I think the difference for me is just the ownership total. Like you mentioned, KDB is only 10.5% owned in the FPL game. I expect that number is going to be higher by the time we actually enter into double game week 36. Sun is just under 30% on Salah just under 60% on. So if you're looking to punch up and close the window, you got to be going a little differential. I actually even considered captaining TAA in this game week, but I am a little nervous about the uh, that match against Tottenham. I think that is going to be a cagey affair, and I'm not sure that either team get out of there with a clean sheet. So uh, I'm just betting on upside and praying that KDB uh, returns to the form that he was in before the first leg of the Champions League, where he was scoring a goal and netting an assist or two pretty much every time he stepped on the pitch as a starter. Yeah, starting in game week 28 versus Manchester United, he had 18 points. Then he had three points versus Crystal Palace, 11 versus Burnley, nine versus Liverpool, six versus Brighton, nine versus Watford. And he also had a goal and assist in the first Real Madrid Champions League. He's been pouring it on pouring it on recently. And I think he's in frankly better form than Salah. So it's really a good captaincy option for us. And in those game weeks um, that I just listed out, he never got lower than two bonus points. 
So if he gets even an assist, he's oftentimes on bonus and it's huge for him. So I think that's a great shout this week, but you can't go wrong. You know, triple captain Salah, the goal scorer, he's, you know, going for the golden boot. You can't go wrong there either. So I think between those two players, that's where all captains should be this week. Wow, you made me really nervous putting out into the universe that uh, KDB is in better form than Salah. I feel like I I wish that was not uh, voiced out in the open and (laughs) now uh, memorialized for all of eternity on our podcast feed. Uh, Got to speak it, speak it into existence, Bucks. I need to speak (sighs) this uh, successful captaincy into existence. I have goosebumps over here just listening to you say that. Uh, so here's hoping that KDB does the business for both of our sides, that we are looking at another round of double green arrows coming out of double game week 36. Much luck and big score lines to all of our listeners, to anyone in the FPL Blues podcast Super League. We are in the cup and we are now officially in the quarterfinal round. So if you're still in, come on. You're so close to getting some swag, to getting an honorable mention at the end of the season for a cup champion. And yeah, we all of us need to be catching and really chasing to uh, close the gap between all of us and Brian, who is remaining at the top of the FPL Blues podcast Super League standings for another game week. Let's see if that stays the case coming out of double game week 36. Thanks, everyone. Best of luck. And there will be an actual official cup a little trophy being sent to the the winner of the uh first annual cup for the fpl blues super league so we're looking forward to that and again biggest game week of your life let's go game week 36 green arrows to come bada bang bada boom let's do it (laughs) 